Dragons, and welcome in to episode 209 of Kitten's Craft Collective. I'm Louise, and today I've got a player with mittens, what's a crack, planet wombolt, or what would Sir David Attenborough say, featuring darning repair make mend by Hikaru Noguchi, the swap section, Mimi Me section, and the shoppy section. Now for the blather. The blather. You lost your mittens, you naughty kittens. As we did hats last episode, I thought we needed some mittens to match. So this blather has been brewing. I've been in Stockholm, Sweden, for a week in the school holidays, and there were mittens there. They were lovely mittens. I also have out the library a wonderful book called Mittens from Norway by Nina Granlund Sather. Plus, the weather at latitude 59 degrees north is cold now, and we need them. So, what's your hand covering of choice? Everybody on the bus, everybody put your hands in the air and wiggle your fingers. I have a story. Are you a fingerless glove? Full finger glove? A lobster claw? Everybody be a lobster. The convertible take the top of finger or mitten type glove. <laughs> I don't know what the real name of the flame is, but you'll know what I mean. It's the one you put your flap over, like, well, you give little burns. Full on mittens or a mixture of gloves and wristers. Ravelry has on its top pattern picks just now, this very day, a beautiful set of over-the-top mittens called Cafe by Teresa Dobsovikova. Sorry about my uh, butchering of everybody's names today. And some absolutely stunning mittens in a peacock colour by and pattern, and this a pattern called Rikis, and this is by Valura Kerka, which they are actually free. Well, I really like these. I like peacock stuff. You have 43,000 worth of choice of patterns for hands in Ravelry this very day. Firstly, we mostly need hand coverings at some point of the year, be it just a wrister, which is exactly that. Starts below the thumb, ends up somewhere up your arm. It's a bit surprising how much heat and comfort that they can actually give you. You can use them to wipe the sweat from your hard-working brow. I have a beautiful pattern for them by Catherine Limer. Everybody paused to smile. Hello, Catherine. They are called Daffo Down Dilly Cuffs and they are to herald in springtime. So, um, technically the wrong time of year, but never mind. By the time we finish them, it'll be springtime. Clues in the daffodil name there. Wristers won't be worked too hard, so you could use a slightly softer yarn for these, as wrists can have delicate skin. Also, there's a bit of spring to the yarn so that they keep their tightness. I'm not actually going to mention any more types of yarn that you would use for the rest of them, but bearing in mind, you're going to probably use your hands at some point doing some kind of thing because it's really difficult not to when you're outside, even if you're just scratching your nose. They'll rub, so you need to think about what yarn content that you're going to do, and most of the time I would stick to what type of yarn that the pattern suggests. If people in the project notes have suggested something else that's fine then maybe go with that but be conscious that these are probably going to get some work so moving up a notch a warmness notch we have fingerless gloves and these can be as easy as a simple rectangle folded over sewing up the seam and leaving a bit open for the thumb but then the texture and design can be as complicated as you wanted if you feel like a rectangle is just too boring you can also put half fingers in there too 
My go-to fingerless mitt is the Paving Mitts by Aileen Silva. And if you've never tried Tunisian crochet before, these are a must pattern. She's tutorials on how to, which is all you'll ever need to know about Tunisian crochet for this. When we were going on holiday, I asked the bairns to get themselves hats and gloves organised. And Daisy did the night before, but on the morning, because Sandy had been looking after her, she could only find odd gloves and ended up wearing her pink version and my yellow version. And I think I've lost my paving mitts to Daisy. <laughs> but that's okay, because she's my daughter. Nobody else. My daughter, I'm happy, you know. And I can make some more. I have to say, my spidey mum sense was twitching a bit, but she rocked it. Daisy always not rocks odd things. There's a thing. Odd gloves to go with odd socks. <laughs> as long as you have a right and a left thumb, you're laughing. Finger gloves and you start shuddering. Oh, you at the back. Yep, there's a lot of ends and a lot of DPNs and there's way less of a choice on Ravelry. Oh, the pod buckle is in the background. Oh, the sheep are getting loaded. And the field next door, they're all moving about and he's boofing at them. Where are we? So I think you need to go looking for old pattern books for fingerless gloves, such as the Victorian Alberts Museum Pattern Database has a couple. Or you're given patterns by somebody clearing out theirs. I've got loads. So the Louise Library would be your ticket here. I was given a pair of Shetland patterned four-ply gloves and they are lovely and warm. I appreciate how much work is in them too every time I put them on. So whilst they're fiddly, I think that the finished product of a finger glove is worth the effort. I also think that the rich tradition of Sankar gloves is worth looking at at least twice. If you made these and then tipped up somewhere with your gloves on and just uh, nonchalantly, didn't do it on purpose, you're taking the hair back behind your ear because it's your hair's in, hair's in your eyes. You don't want that. Your ha- hand is up where people are looking. Look at them gloves. Oh, did you make them? Wow. Yeah, that. <laughs> anyway, you probably complimented on them. Then we come to lobster claw types, right? Everybody, hands in the air. Be a lobster. I have a pair of lobster claw gloves for cycling. And they are so warm. But these ones aren't actually knitted. You can get patterns for them. They feel a little bit more usable for things like biking, using gears or brakes opposed to mittens. But they're warmer than mittens. And the pattern for these I like is the Tabby Mitts by Olga Buraya Kefalein. Again, apologies for butchering everybody's name today. Before we get on full-on mitten, we will then take a look at the convertible mittens, the flappy ones, which are what we all need when we listen to podcasts and need quick access to a working finger. I'm poking at things in my fingers here. As most gloves, even if they have the wee strippy bits on or the index finger, or you've even knitted in a bit of metallic stuff, they don't really work on a phone or a touchscreen device. Frustration? Thy name is pulling off the glove to do the thing and then losing the glove or having to put it back on in the cold. I think that's why you see single gloves lying all over the world. I'm not sure why you see single shoes all over the world, but then that's another podcast episode. Last year, I made Richard some convertible fingerless with fingers, well, half fingers, gloves. (laughs) It's quite complicated. I used a cotton cashmere yarn and a pattern from Alex Winslow you called the Juris Mitts. 
From memory, there were a lot of odds and half fingers. They were quite fiddly, but he's used them a lot and he has the ease of fingers out or fingers in. Now we're going full mitten. How much more mitten do we need than Nordic mittens? This book from Mittens from Norway is absolutely fantastic and is on my Amazon wish list for Christmas. There are 40 patterns from all over Norway's past and present and I think it's amazing value with good looking patterns at 15.99. Part of my wanderlust was the area of Norway where we went on honeymoon and to be perfectly honest, I zone into something that I can relate to. What the author has done is looked at lots and lots of old pictures all over Norway's rich mitten history and created newly written up patterns. I can't contest how well they are written, not making any of them, but I really love this book. I also love the mittens that you get that have pictures on them, they either fall around the back, such as Sea Life Mittens by Erica Mount, or the ones that have different but same pictures on each mitten, and put my hands together, and when you put your thumbs together, put your thumbs together on the bus, then they make a whole picture, especially you on the bus that have these mittens, and go on, make your whole picture. I think the artistry on these are beautiful. Plus, you've only got one fiddly thumb each in a mitten, instead of all them fingers. You can line them inside or you can thrum them for extra heat for your paws. Mittens and gloves are for everyone. They could be mismatchy, they could be neutral, they could be your pop of colour for your outfit, they could be complicated, they can be simple. Plus, the nicest thing to hold a warm hand. So, mitten up your life this winter, listener friends, and I'll be your warm mitten via your ears. We need a giggle or a smile for a second. So here is the Daisy and Sandy giggle you've not heard for ages. <laughs> hello, 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 hello. Hello, Section. A Sandy, hello to you, to me, be with my wheelie now and be with me forever, listeners. I still very much appreciate you tuning in, especially I've been on being so sporadic recently, and I hope that you are enjoying yourself. And I hope you'd have been a good little boy and girl and you get lots of candy for your Halloween guys in tonight. I hope your joke, your joke was good. A Sandy hello to new group members, Skeins for Brains, FS, SG Rusko and Pam BS. Random hellos are to Dr Molly, Alien Mural, Ivy Fox, Knitting Sloth and Giffnet Girl. I hope you're all well and if you're not, please accept this here hug. Squee for 20 seconds. Yeah, you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable. I actually got one of them recently. I can't remember who it was. And I'm like, I'm very uncomfortable now. You can get off. No, no, no. I'm still going. <laughs> okay, so that's how it feels. What's the crack, Section? What's the crack? When I've been rummaging my stash of patterns and yarn stash and then researching patterns to mention to you, I've been very cautious of who I'm talking about. Before, it was just, oh, that's interesting, put it on. But now, I try to do a bit of research. By this, I mean I'm conscious of what their ethics or morals have been, especially this past year. At the start of 2019, we faced the reality that the knitting community was not as diverse as it should be, and this needed to change. Over the past 10 months, some high-profile designers have failed or faltered, and some have downright disappointed and disgusted us. Back in March, I said I wouldn't wear my Kate Davies Isles jumper to Edinburgh Yarn Fest, because I couldn't wear it in front of my BIPOC listeners with a clear conscience. And I stand by that. I know that there were certain comments made by certain people and that's up to them. But I still stand by what I did. I was wary that Kate wasn't well 
and sadly was proved correct. And I'm thankful that she's come through this and her business seems to have readjusted its ethos to reflect a better, diverse outlook, which I can only think is a good thing. I wish them well for the future and that her health improves and stays improved. I personally never saw an outright apology, but I didn't look for it. And now I see her new work as a diverse fronting. From this, I hope that things have moved forward positively for everyone. It's not the same for everyone, and it can be divisive and polarising. You thought the world of designer X, and then they say or do something that's unacceptable, and don't learn for it. We all have a choice. Do their morals stand alongside yours, or do you think, nope, walk away? When you walk away, you have a bunch of their patterns or yarns and often garments made. Can you wear those garments knowing that the person who has designed them is not a friend to those who you are a friend of? It's not the garment or the yarn's fault, as it were, because it's a thing. The designer was a moron, at the very least. But what we then do defines us. There has been suggestions such as give away the garments, unravel the garments, wear them when you're alone. I'll let you answer these questions with your moral compass. I still stand by the I cannot wear something designed by someone who has, for whatever reason, racism, anti-Semitism, or homophobic or nasty behaviour, I value friendship for my worldwide and close-to-home listeners more than that. I've been careful to mention designers who fall into the good category, but please, please, please do not hesitate to tell me if I haven't, and then I will adjust my way of thinking and what I want to represent on the podcast. I have no time for any behaviour that hurts any other people, or entire peoples. I will not stand for it on my podcast or used in my podcast name. Our moral compass must stay true north, no matter how much we love that designer. Planet Womble, and what would Sir David Attenborough do? Planet Womble, or what would Sir David Attenborough do? This section is to talk about things that we can do to be stewards of the environment in ways such as reuse, reuse and recycle, and being mindful of what we buy. I got an email a couple of days ago asking if I'd like to review the book Darning Repair, Make Mend by Hikaru Maguchi. And whilst it's a craft book, it is also about sustainability, which is what this podcast loves, and this is what this section is about. So it's like double whammy. This is the first UK edition of the cult darning book by Hikuri Noguchi, which has become a guru of visible darning in Japan. It's released on the 1st of November, which is tomorrow, and it'll cost £19. It'll be a paperback, 18 centimetres by 25, which is quite cute and it'll have 96 pages with beautiful colour photography throughout. When I first saw the review sample I thought oh that's nice but when I got the full issue to review I thought oh wow. I already loved the aesthetic of the Japanese darning anyway and the shiburi type of embroidery but there is the kintsugi or golden joinery which is the Japanese art of repairing broken pottery by mending the areas of breakage with lacquer dusted or mixed with powdered gold, silver or platinum. It's beautiful. It's fixing something that you loved with beauty. And if you've never heard of it, go look it up. To me, this is the equivalent, but in a less looking like you have no money and can't afford to replace it way. Let's think of your lovely green top that you bought in America. Hi Pat, my LLB friend. And then you leave a bonio in the pocket. And your puppy through the pocket to get the bonio because that's what puppies do 
And there's your lovely tot ruined. Well, no listeners, it wasn't. I sewed a patch onto it. Nobody said, that patch is there on purpose. You are poor. You can't afford to buy a new one. Occasionally, it'll come up in the, oh, well, I quite like that bit. And then I would explain, no, my puppy actually ate my homework. And it was answered with, really? Wouldn't have guessed. And then think that your lovely green top got a burn in the sleeve when you put wood into the fire and you caught the top of the door. So I darned this. And I tried to darn it well, but, well, to me it looks a bit darned. I wished I'd read this book first. I have had five years out of this top now instead of three months when the first hole appeared. Book hole. This, as the book suggests, helps us slow down our thirst for buying new clothing, which in turn will be less of a strain on resources on the planet. There are seven chapters plus real good references for materials and equipment to darn with and on what goes with what fabric or garment. Such as, you wouldn't darn a silk blouse with the same as you would darn a pair of denim jeans. There's a lot of beautiful colour photography and if you learn that way, you're laughing. There's nine different types of stitches and they've got really good pictorial tutorials for them. And then there's extra embroidery ideas at the end. Then there are all the different garments, ranging from silk blouse, winter coat, and it covers both men, women's, and children's. I would most certainly take this book out of the library and put my Amazon wishlist, or give us a gift for Christmas. This is an extremely good reference book for your library, and for it to be more sustainable. So we would reduce, reuse, mend, and recycle. So if anyone has any good items for this, then please message me and I will share. The swap section. Swap. You've just enough time, I've actually put 15 days, to sign up for this year's Christmas winter decoration swap. You have to sign up by the 15th of November. Someone nudge me, probably you, Gemma. And then I'll pair you up and post it about the first week of December so your swappy gets it before the Christmas post goes mad and it gets eaten. You will have to include a decoration of some sort, either made or a nice bought one, and also a nice small extra such as chocolate, tea, stitch marker, set, coaster, something nice but little. And then you too can get something nice in the post. And this is actually open on Ravelry. It's not something I say I'll put on Ravelry and then not do. Because I'm getting really bad that way. The beaker section. Me, 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 me. Me, me, me section. See listeners, it's been that long since I had done this. I'd forgotten that this is what I called a section. <laughs> it wasn't until after I was listening back to last episode. Now I know that the Burns, Burns bit's missing. But what's it? What, what, what did I used to call this bit again? Oh, that was it. Aha. This should be called the finished section. I have finished a pair of socks for my friend Ella from Textile Artist, who is this weekend moving to Aberdeen Way. Oh, no, no, really, really miss her as part of the group. I used some lovely sock yarn from Cookston Crafts. It's called Turi Colourway and she is from Aberdeenshire in Ellen. And that is from Lorna who came to the retreat who gifted me this very kindly. Ella said that she liked them very much and did the happy squeal when she got them. So I hope they keep her feet warm. And then I was thinking, well, I'll just carry on with my mum's socks, which was using Gail's art from Etsy, and this is an 80-10-10 merino nylon cashmere sock fingering weight, and it was a sort of blue, different colours, 
And this was a present from Lovely Mail in Alaska. And it was nice because Mail and Mum really, really got on. So kind of three of us are all happy now in a pair of socks. So I had finished one of the socks, but I'd kitcheneered it wrong. <laughs> so instead of kitcheneering it from the left to the right, as it were, because I had got to that point when I was on a plane and I had not got a bodkin with me to sew them up, um, thanks I can remember how to do Kitchener these days. I'm quite impressed with myself. I'll now forget the next time I need to do this for being so smug. However, when I put them back onto the needles, I did it wrong. I did it from front to back. So there was the wrong way of seam. So instead of left to right, it was front to back. And I had to undo it. So I redid that. I undid the cuff of sock one because it wasn't a very nice cast on at all. I don't know which cast on I did. I normally do a long tail cast on. There's various ways and well that's the one I'm trying to stick to just now because it seems to give uh, enough of a hold and not too much elastic but not too tight. It's hard, isn't it? Knowing no, these things, listeners, we're we're like superpower is trying to remember the right cast on and cast off. So I finished sock two. I, I was almost on the toe, and whipped through them. I was oh, these are really nice. I don't want to give them to her, but I gave them to her, and she was happy as Larry, whoever Larry is. Did somebody have a guinea pig called Larry once? When I said that, pretty sure there's a guinea pig out there called Larry. Right, so then, because I was on Sockathon, and it's almost finished, Socktober, because it's Halloween for Diddy, I made a pair for Daisy. <laughs> when we were going away, I had nothing to knit on that was small. So, I, in my head, thought, oh, I'm going to knit something, some more socks. What yarn have I got? Long-time listeners, back in the past, Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo, may remember that I bought some West Yorkshire Spinners sock yarn three, four years ago now, and it was the cherry red and variegated red, green and white. They do have names, but I can't remember which one it is. Mum had made Sandy a pair out of the variegated, and I had said to Daisy at the time, would you like some? And she said, yes, with red cuffs, red heels and red toes. So I made one, and I used Susan B. Anderson's smooth operator sock pattern, but I made them too little for her. I ripped them out, and never went back to them. Now that I know I can make a pair in a fortnight, because that's what I did with Ella's, and because I was going away, I got them cast on before we went, and I finished them a couple of nights ago. And I've got enough left of the yarn to make another pair for Sandy with cuffs and toes of the variegated and the body on red. And I think I might actually have enough of the red left as well, just to make another pair on top of that, because there was a lot of yardage in one of them. 100 gram balls. I cast on yesterday and I'm on the leg part and he's got skinny wee leggies so I hope that they fit. Although I was looking at them the other day and I thought they're not as skinny as I remember them so he's he's getting tall, he's almost as tall as me. <laughs> We're having this competition so I see how, how long it takes him to go past and he's really looking forward to being taller than me and patting me on the head. <sighs> I am 5 foot 3 nearly 4. It's not like I'm a short person. Just yeah. Oh, and when I was in Stockholm, loved it by the way, it's a beautiful city, really friendly people, clean, excellent public transport, um, brilliant museums and stuff with good weather, just 
Really loved it. Very expensive, but Nordic countries are. It's the way it is. I've never felt so short a brunette before. And wearing colour. You know I like wearing colour. I don't wear mega, mega colour. I often wear kind of navies and purples. But I do like a deep colour. Now, the trend for... And I try not to stereotype, but the majority of the females, they were all tall, blonde, stunningly beautiful, and they all wore black. So I have never felt so small and brunette before. <laughs> but saying that, I'd I'd like to go back to uh, Stockholm at some point because I really enjoyed it. Never found a, a yarn shop. I've... I'd been a moustache beforehand looking for this waist shorts or spinners which was at the bottom of the box and I was like oh I've forgotten about you I've forgotten about you I've forgotten about you too oh I love this so there's at least three cardigans and jumpers in there that I had forgotten about and I couldn't justify buying any more well I could but I didn't and actually when we had the chance to go and find it I was hangry <laughs> so we didn't and by hangry I mean I was hungry and slightly angry. Right, so that's that pair of socks and they're three, all the knitting I've done on socks are just the basic vanilla pattern by Anne Bod's Book of Socks and I'm using my Addy Crazy Trio needles which I really like and these are the three very small circular needles that looks like witchcraft but because I've done it the same pattern quite a lot recently I must have it in my memory and now it's becoming muscle memory so it's just knit, 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 knit. And it's really good for taking to the swimming or anywhere. And I could even do it when I was in the dark <laughs> landing the plane. I wasn't driving the plane, like captaining the plane. It's, you know how they dip the lights for landing? Well, for some reason or other, nobody had their overhead reading lamps on and the, the plane went pitch black, barring the landing lights out of the windows. So I'm knitting away. And it was quite a bumpy return flight, so the tension of that part was quite tight. Richard was fine now. I'm like, no, no, no. just just land, just land, just land. <laughs> right. Anyway, back to home and I had been thinking about this and I do think about this quite a lot but I worked on the knitting tunic for women, ocean dress and cotton and clouds by Kyoko Nakayoshi using the Jamesons of Shetland Arin that I bought at last year's Edinburgh Yarn Feast. And I'm using it in a teal colour one day last week, I thought, I'll just just, just try a row. Because you're not going to get done if I don't, don't do anything on it. So slowly and deliberately, watching what I was doing, because there's four different cables in the same pattern repeat on one row, all was good. So I did another couple of rows. However, I still need to sort out the stitch markers because I've marked the beginning and ending of each pattern repeat, which I have eight in my size. And then there's the beginning of row... And then there's the middle of the pattern repeat. <laughs> so I'd used a mishmash of markers. And when I subsequently picked this back up, I thought I'd made a mistake in one of them. And this, thankfully, is just a plain and pearl row, but I want to catch it before I go further. Because then the next line is all out cable. <sighs> oh. <laughs> I did enjoy working with the fatter yarn and fatter needles for a while. And plus the yarn has a lovely give and it's really, really nice to work with. I've also put a chunk into my Ama sweater by Maddie Harvey and I'm using random yarn from Retreat's Table of Unrequirement. 
I do find I can only work on this sporadically because there's no GIF in this yarn and my hands tell me that they've used this the day after. And I listen to them, so it's important to swap around projects, which shows why I've got a sock weight, an iron and a double knit going. In textile artist news, we have been at our sea pieces. Carfanella and Dorothy finished theirs and I'm almost finished. I've been put a lot of seed beads in it to sort of look like it's twinkly. And I just need to finish off by framing or mounting it on canvas. I've finished, barring maybe one holding line and pressing it, and a hanger for my Christmas piece from last year. Finally ready for this Christmas. <laughs> I'm ahead of this year's game. <laughs> look, geese. Lots and lots of geese. And some swans. We had been set a challenge by... To make an A4 piece with leftover small squares and then applique it onto a flower. So I decided to use a Christmas fabric and I wanted a poncietta instead. And I never had a poncietta template. My printer wasn't playing up. So it's still playing up. So recently I got a book. I think I mentioned this last episode, which had a poncietta template. So I stuck it all together and I put beads on because I love doing them. And then a bit more... And um, I just need to sort of put a hanger on the back of it, press it, and it can go on the, the decorations this Christmas. And it will make me smile. Speaking of smiling, I'll say this in a while. Hi, Tanya. Smiling at you. Smiling Tanya from TJ Frog's Agent. Everyone smile at Tanya. Not in a creepy way, mind. She's just someone that when you meet her, you smile. Like Catherine Limer. If they come the bus, everybody in the bus, hello. Everybody commuting, say hello. Everybody sitting by themselves, say hello. Everybody wishing that they were sitting by themselves, say hello. In the train, you'd be putting up your hand, going, sit with me, Catherine Limer and Tanya. In the library corner, we're nearly finished, don't worry, listeners. I finally finished listening to Ulysses by James Joyce. I have to tell you, this is almost like your Ulysses of Louise. <laughs> I thought that I would listen to this because I thought it would be too weighty and too dry and too fat to, to flick through. But I think it would actually have been better because then you can flick through, skip bits. I loved his descriptions, but not the story, which even though I read the blurb lots before I got it, and then when I got it, I didn't understand that it was only one day in thingy, possibly Mr. Bloom? Can't remember his name now. See? In, in Dublin. See? Can't even remember the main character's name. I think it was Mr. Bloom. No, don't know. I was really glad to finish this. Really glad. It was a good 27 hours, at least, listening to it. However, I got things out of it. Not much, but his descriptions were good. The way he described the running of the tap to make a cup of tea and then back the way to how the water for Dublin is collected and filtered and delivered back to how water was carving out our planet. I thought that chapter was amazing. So, moving on, I'm on to Shantaram by Gregory David Roberts. It's a massive 43 hours long, but... I'm enjoying the storytelling much better and it's much easier to listen to, so it's been on a lot more. I've also lined up a single thread by Tracy Chavalier, which is about the embroidery of the kneeling stools in Winchester Cathedral in the 1930s, how the politics of committees and also women, which sounds quite interesting. This is also going to be notable for me. Tracy was interviewed by Graham Norton on his radio show the other day, which is how I heard about it. It sounded interesting. I thought, oh, I'll have that. Shroppy section. 
shoppy section. If you're into Outlander, there's some Mackenzie and Tartan bags in there. I've got beautiful Guardians of Scotland Tartans, a purple herringbone in blue and pink and yellow check tweed. There's project bags, needle holders, zip notion pouches, which is basically pencil cases. So if you feel you'd like to contribute to my continued running of the podcast, book stuff back as well, then do visit www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Craft. Or you can support the podcast and get nothing back if that is your want. And this is paypal.me forward slash Craft. I am happy to review patterns, books, notions or yarns if you're in that line. So get in contact and don't be shy. Blah, 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 Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you taking the time to download and listen to me splaff on for quite a long time. Let's see, we are... Wow, is this not... Recording. Oh, it is recording. Oh, I don't know if this is recorded the whole lot. Oh, listeners. <laughs> I might have to redo bits. However, I'll do the last bit. My email is kathnerscraftcollective at gmail.com. I'm on Ravelry Louise Hunt. The group is Collective on there. Etsy, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, Kathnerscraft. Get the podcast from the Podbean site is www.kathnerscraftcollective.podbean.com. Whew. The music is from Free Music Archive and is called Winter is Coming. Sadly. Adagio for snow. I don't want snow yet. But some of you have it. As I thought, it was very peaceful. So thank you for listening and keep on crafting!